Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor. Your music now. This is Beat. This is Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor and in the virtual studio with me today is a man, we're, we're talking across countries. Uh, I'm speaking with Keith O'Neill from the band The Extronauts. Uh, they are performing as part of one of the Irish Beat sessions in the Theatre Royal on the 16th of March. Before we talk about the gig, I'm going to talk a little bit about the band, where they're coming from, where they have where they have come from, where they're going to, and uh, all of that kind of jazz. So, Keith, first off, I suppose I've, I've mentioned that you're not in Ireland and uh, we're talking yeah. over the internet. Where are you? I'm coming to you from a decidedly not sunny Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Um, so it's uh, pretty pretty windswept and um, pretty rain, rainy here. So it feels like home. But you're not on holidays in Amsterdam. You're not like away for a jaunt. You live there. Yeah, no, 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 fully, fully, fully paid up member of Amsterdam, uh, ha- had a bike stolen. So that's how you know you're fully Dutch, right? Okay. It, is it, Do you need to say that like in the, like a, a passport office or something like that? Or is there an ID card that, that you get like think, an extra I, merit badge? I think it's part of the, uh, the naturalization survey or whatever, you know, have you had a bike stolen? Have you had a few drinks, left your bike in town and forgotten where it was? <laughs> These are the kind of questions to, to root out if you're really, really integrating into the culture, you know? I, I I know like we're going to talk about music but just while we're on the subject of Amsterdam and I, I know it's a kind of a cliche but I was uh, we, we had a family holiday in, in Holland uh, in the Netherlands a couple of years ago and mm. I, I was genuinely taken aback by the amount of bikes and I was also yeah. genuinely taken aback by how easily we adapted to it yeah I mean, it's, you know. it's, 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 it's great. Look, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a city that's set up for it. Like uh, if I went back to Ireland, would I cycle along the Grand Canal Quay or something in Dublin? I, I'm not so sure, right? I don't love cycling that much to take my life in my hands, as it were. But uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing better. You can have a few pints, hop on your bike. Do you know what I mean? You're home in 10 minutes. Happy days, right? And it's good for the environment and it's good for the health, health as well. So it's win-win. Exactly, exactly. It helps to keep you trim for all of those gigs that you have coming up and you've got to kind of show off the bod. Is that it? Got, got to fit into my jumpsuit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's been COVID, so, you know, like everyone, I've been taking it easy. So i uh, got to get ready for uh, public consumption. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the band, right? So Extronauts, yeah. uh, so far you've released three singles, mm-hmm. uh, but that comes from the previous incarnation, which was the Dead Heavies. So yeah. I don't I don't I don't want to focus on the old band, but I want to know mm. how you go from being the Dead Heavies to being yeah. Extronauts. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately, it's a new band, right? So I mean, the Dead Heavies was a, was a great band. We had some great times, and we did a lot of great stuff with a lot of help from people like you, Rob. So thank you for that. Um, and we were together for a good few together for a good few years done some amazing gigs, played some amazing stuff and, and had a lot of fun. Um, but ultimately, um, that band kind of wound down a little bit and, and it was time for something new. Um, so that's where Extra Nose comes out of. I mean, I, I'm always writing music and I always will write music. It's what I do to, to, to relax, to enjoy. So some of the, the tunes were coming and I mean, it had a different sound and I, it was time for a new band. So um, we do have some of the old members come over for sure. Um, so you will see some familiar faces. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a new band and uh, we're super excited to get out there. Like you said, we just, we were ready to relaunch, I think right about when COVID hit, 
<laughs> so so okay. it's been a little bit of a pause, the same as everyone. I mean, um, you know, we want to get out and be able to play for people and we want to be able to, to, to do that. So, so we decided to hold off a little bit. And I think last August then we decided, you know what, we've been writing so much music um, we've got so many tunes we want to share. We need to start sharing them. So that was when we uh, put out Used to Dream, which was the first single. Um, so, yeah, so it's a new band. It's super exciting. Uh, I mean, we've got some old uh, some old players in it, um, but it's not a Trigger's Brush thing, right? It's a, it's, it's a new band, you know? So I, I don't want to dwell on COVID because we're all sick about talking about COVID. Oh, yeah. right? but, but, but what I mean, but, but, but I do think it's interesting because... I have spoken to numerous musicians and, and writers and, and mm. theatre people and all sorts of artists who have been sure. kind of sit, sitting on creative works for a while, oh, yeah. thinking that, okay, I'll just wait three months and it'll be grand. And then three months turns into six months, turns into a year, blah, 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 blah. And then you just have this absolute slew of releases. And I'll be honest with you, the amount of music being released right now is, is quite yeah. staggering. And it's, it's not amazing. all stuff that has been recorded in the last while. I'm not complaining. Yeah. It, like it may it makes yeah. my life difficult, but sure, that's a great complaint to have, really. Um, you know, so, but how, what way did it go for you? So you said you were ready to go with COVID. Did you say, ah, we'll wait, we'll wait until the summer and we'll do it then? How did it go? Yeah, I mean, sure, look, you know, same as everyone, right? At the start, it was like, okay, this is probably just a, a blip, right? You know, two, three months, maybe the summer, you know, maybe by Christmas, that kind of thing. So for us, really, um, we put a lot of work into this new music and we really believed in it and really thought that it was uh, was worthwhile. And and not that just releasing it would be thrown it away, but we wanted to be able to promote it in the proper way, do gigs and, you know, connect with people live. And look, like most of the bands that you'll meet from Waterford or whatever, we all cut our teeth playing live gigs and we all love to play live regardless of the, the venue or, or, or the occasion. So, you know, it's a big part of what we do. So, yeah, we kind of waited for a couple of uh, a couple of months. But look, we were kind of happy to, to wait in the sense that uh, the longer we waited, the more material we had, right? I mean, consistently writing all the way through COVID, the only rule being there's no COVID songs, <laughs> right? Fair, fair no enough, songs yeah. About that. Yeah, um, so yeah so I mean it got to the stage then where we were like okay we're going to we're going to have enough material to put out for the next like two or three years so we better start putting it out otherwise uh, you know the world will probably end before uh, we get to put it all out <laughs> yeah that, that's that's a bit kind of a bit close to the bone considering the week we're recording this yeah, interview yeah. but, we won't, but yeah. again we I don't want to go we there yeah. no we won't go there okay. right I, w- I want to ask you a quick question about the name though Extronaut yeah. What does that yeah. What does that mean? Because I have an idea in my head what that means, but it's a bit sci-fi. So you might, yeah, explain yeah, what well, you know about it. Yeah, well, astronauts is uh, so an astronaut is, is is someone who travels into space, right? So mm. an astronaut is, is is someone who travels inner space, right, within themselves into different realms. You name it, uh, it's like beyond what an astronaut goes to, right? So we're space explorers, inner space, outer space, musical space. You name it, but we're explorers. So that to me is what astronauts is. So together, we're, we've all put in the work and we've done lots of exploring. So we're fully fully qualified astronauts at this stage. Okay, so you're explorers. Yeah, for sure. Inner inner and outer space. Let's let's say that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that. It's nice. It's yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. That actually tallies with what what I thought of that that term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Okay. So let's explain the di- or, or let's talk about the difference sonically from 
the dead yeah. heavies to the astronauts. So I hear, sure. like, I, I go back to like the dead heavies, and and I, and I mean this with no disrespect or or, or judgment or anything, like that, but like good kind of indie rock, kind of classic kind of sound. Whereas the uh, whereas astronauts is more of a kind of electro pop rock, and 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 yeah, those aren't yeah. uh, th- th- those aren't judgments or anything. It's just trying to put a label on something to to categorize it in my head. Sure. H- how do you yeah. feel about that description? Yeah, I think that I think that's pretty on the mark. I mean, um, I think with uh, extra no- or sorry with the dead heavies, it was all more or- a little bit more organic sounding, right? So guitars, guitar solos, um, you know. Uh, big choruses and uh, a little bit more organic and traditional, with, with no doubt a psychedelic and a bit of electronic bent. Anyway, I suppose the really difference is is number one, what are you listening to, <laughs> right? Like as a songwriter, you're so influenced, like and any artist, you're influenced by by what you see around you. So for 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 us and for me, it was like getting into more experimental stuff. Uh, there's a lot of uh, crowd rock influence and stuff in some of the in some of the astronaut stuff uh very motoric kind of beats and you know um i'll give you but but really part, look for me i suppose with, with art and with music the process is is just as impactful as to the, to what you get out as to your songwriting or anything right so so for example if i pick up a guitar and i and i, and I strum a, a guitar and I, and I write a song it's going to sound like me playing a guitar and writing a song which is probably more like what the 10 heavies would sound like so I made a conscious decision to change the process. So I'll get a beat, or I'll give an example when we were in the studio with, with, with Jag Schooner, who produced the extra note stuff as well. Um, we made a conscious decision, right? No one's allowed playing the guitars for this bit. You know what I mean? You have to figure out something else to do, right? It always reminds okay. me of the, the, the famous Ringo interview where he's talking about Sergeant Peppers and he's like, uh, you know, the guitars sound like a piano, you know? And, uh, you know, what do you do if you want a piano? You play the drums, <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. So really, you just force ourselves just to think outside the box and to, look, we want to do something different. It's a different band. We sound different. We want to push it a bit more forward. We've been a bit more experimental in our approach. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still melodic. It's still poppy. It's still got choruses. It's still got hooks. Mm. A big touchstone for me personally is um, New Order. And the reason being is, if you listen to New Order and you don't you don't tune into it, it just sounds like the best pop music you've ever heard, right? Like, and you know, sad pop, right? I think they're the the original sad bangers, right? New Order, right? Um, but when you when you when you dive into it, it's it's experimental music, you know, just with with that heart on top of it. So that's what we try to tap into with the astronauts is is something a bit more tough sometimes, a bit more experimental. I mean, if you listen to About Time. Um, you know, you'll struggle to pick out a lot of guitars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, because we force ourselves to do something different. Um, but it's still got that heartfelt, melodic, strong melodies and a real message. Do you know what I mean? Like we all, all the songs uh, are always about something, right? You know what I mean? So um, if you've got thir- three minutes and 30 seconds to say something, you better make it good, right? So you've been in Holland for three years now, is it? Yeah, Is just it? about yeah, there thereabouts, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so three years. So would would many of these songs and whereas the rest of the band are in Ireland? So would many of the songs are are they are are they written by Keith O'Neill or are they astronauts creations? I suppose that's the first question. Yeah, so I mean ultimately I'm the main songwriter. So 
uh, you know, there's a saying in music, there's, there's starters and there's finishers, right? Do you know what I mean? So with any creative space, there's okay. starters, and there's finishers. So, um, you know, I'm a starter. So like, I'll be the fellow who'll have 55 uh, song ideas that he never will finish unless someone makes him finish them. <laughs> right. So, you know, they're, 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 they start out as my creations and look, this is the way it's been, you know, especially in this day and age, software is a great thing. I can go into my, I can get on my laptop and I can bang up an idea, get it to the guys. And uh, that way we can get into the studio and, and hammer it out. The guys have an idea of, of what to do, but ultimately we create it and finish it together in a sense. You know what I mean? Because whatever, whatever I create, you know, I know the minute Sav gets on the drums, it's going to sound infinitely better. And, and Ed puts his magic sauce on it. You know what I mean? And Vogue is down the groove and, and Alan gets on it, right? It's going to be a million times better than, than what I put into it. And I think that's maybe one of the things that's missing out of modern music. It's You can make a record on your own and it can sound great, but the collaboration of bringing other people in will always elevate things if you collaborate with people who are great at what they do, right? Exactly. So it is a collaborative process. And mm. w- what intrigues me is that you've moved from, as you as you described yourself with the Dead Heavies was a very organic sound, to something that is more electronic, but is organic electronic mm. as well. Because I can imagine these songs played on a piano or an, or an acoustic guitar. And, and uh, that, again, yeah. that's, I mean that as a compliment. But yeah. how much of, what I want to know is how, so you, I'm assuming that there was some element of electronic communications used in the collaboration of these songs. If you're based in, in, in the Netherlands and the lads mm. are based in various places around Ireland, yeah, you were obviously communicating and your producers in England. Okay. So you're, so you're, you're already communicating through electronic means. Yeah. Might that have also been a factor in this, in the yeah, change in sound? For sure. Yeah. Because think about yeah. it, right. You know, if you get together with your band and your producer and they say, right, play this song, Play me what you've got. Show me what you've got, right? You're, you're not going to go and get a drum machine and start tapping out a beat and then grab a synth and make some noise, right? Because they'll be sitting there looking at you like you're gone insane, right? You're going to pick up a guitar and that's where it's going to start. Whereas when you're starting with electronic beans, so for me, I don't play drums, so I'll always program a beat. And then I'll probably jump on a synth or I'll jump on a keyboard or something or get a loop. And uh, so, yeah, so the fact that you're, you know, working in a distance through this technology does, again, it's part of the process. It influences what the outcome, right? Because, you know, you're not just sitting down in front of them on a piano and saying, you know, here's my song, A minor, G, F or whatever. It's completely different. So yeah, that all that, the distance, the technology, the process, it all influences it for sure. So I, I've always been intrigued by a band called uh, The Postal Service. I, I don't know if you remember them. from. Mm-hmm. I think they released yeah, sure. them about 20 years ago, I think it was. M- might have been more even. Uh, and and yeah. th- they were called The Postal Service because it, it, was a, it was a distance project. But back then, they were sending material through the post, hence The Postal Service. <laughs> ra- ra- rather than nowadays, you yeah. could email stuff or send stuff via WeTransfer yeah. or Dropbox or, or whatever you're having sure. yourself. So when you're collaborating with, with, with the guys, are you, I'm going to record something, chuck it into a sequencer and send them over an MP3 or, yeah. or are you sending them MIDI information? How, does, how did it work? Yeah, no, it's mostly, uh, it's mostly audio, right? So, um, you know, there'll be a bit, especially when we get into the finishing stages, like say we've, 
we've done the when we do the tracking we'll usually do it in the studio because we like to track live like even something like we used to dream right which is very electronic yep. sound and we were in that room sweating that out together right at the same time but then we'll take it and, and we'll add to it you know an overdub but then you know this is the curse and the gift of modern technology you get home you listen to it and you're like Hmm, I've got an idea. So like I'll bounce it, I'll record something, I'll send it to Jags and Jags be like, yeah, I like it, but I see it different and he'll chop it up and he'll completely change it and he'll send it back and give me back something that was uh, better than what I what I gave or different, you know. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's mostly audio tracks, you know, like uh, recording a sequencer, bounce out audio. I, I, I don't tend to like sending MIDI around and the reason being is there's endless endless choice then right we like to like to commit you know because for example can you imagine a painter if a painter only painted in transparent colors and then said that's right i can have whatever colors i'd add later right it doesn't it doesn't make anything right you know so you like to paint as it goes so like okay i've got this synth so i'll give you an example we used to dream there's i had a little arturia micro brute synth and i had a sequencer on it and i got this right this really repetitive motoric kind of synth line and and I just recorded that straight into into my door, right? Because uh, rather than doing MIDI or anything, because no, that's the sound, and then everything else gets built around that, right? Uh, that's the problem with modern tech, more than recording, I should say. Sorry, is uh, you know, infinite choice can be a creativity killer, right? You know, you need to commit to to, to build something, right? So that well, that's just my personal preference, anyway, you know. Yeah, no, I often hear like stories about the kind of what was called the kind of the American view and the British view of recording engineers, sure. whereas yeah. the British lads tended to kind of commit effects to the track, yeah. whereas the Americans were more, no, we put it on this channel and then we can change it later yeah. and we can make, yeah. I love American music, I love British music, it, it yeah. you know, it, but it's, it, I don't want to say which is better, but I can understand the concept of making a decision and sticking yeah. to it. I guess the thing, I don't know about you, but when I was younger and I used to listen to an album, I used to obsess over the the liner notes, right? You know, who played what, where it was recorded, all that. I used to imagine how they made it, right? And uh, I used to think that every single sound that you hear on a record is intentional, right? But it's not, right? That's the great thing about creativity, right? If you start throwing stuff painted at the wall, you know, it starts to look like something and not everything is, is super intentional. So sometimes accidents or mishaps you know i suppose the, the famous one is the johnny greenwood in creep you know he was trying to yeah. ruin the song right because he was he hated it right you know and so he was just because he didn't want to kick into the chorus and that's you know that's that's the hook right do you know what i mean so there's so many examples like that and and, ha- and if you overthink things and for example i'm just going to di my guitar i'll worry about reamping it later or whatever you know it, for me anyway you know the sound that you're making you emotionally connect with that at the same time as well, right? Do you know what I mean? So if I'm playing like a synth line or a guitar line and I'm playing like a twangy clean tone or I'm playing a crazy fuzz tone, I'm going to play differently. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, again, everything that, that that's part of the process pushes you down a, uh, you know, a path. Yeah, so you, you get that feedback loop as you're creating mm. rather than just an idea, yeah. uh, as you said, transparent paint. I like yeah, that phrase exactly. actually. Trans- I, I think I might steal that transparent paint. I think it's a very uh, yeah. it's a very useful metaphor. Um, right. So 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 as the extra notes then. So you've released three singles so far. Certainly yeah. three singles that I'm aware. Of. So there's uh, "Used to Dream" was the first one. Then "It's About Time" and "Debonair," which is is the brand new one. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, that's coming out but, on the 11th of March, yeah. The 11th of March, just ahead of the gig, yeah. and we played it on the show last week and continues to play yeah, it. And you got blah, the first blah, blah. spin, yeah. Thank you. I know, yeah. Hey, listen, it was a great track. I was delighted to be able to play it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but you have a lot more recorded, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons, tons, tons. I mean, um, like I said, we're always writing, we're always recording. We have a great relationship with our producer. So for us to get into the studio for a week and knock out tracks is, is you know, living our best lives, right? So, so, <laughs> so. Is, is, so is that how you did it? Like, so that's what I was wondering. When You might have demoed stuff up via distance, but yeah. did you then get together and record them? Physically get together yeah, and record them? Yeah, from, yeah, we did. Now, to, to be clear, I suppose, some of the stuff that, you know, started in you know bedroom demos or whatever you want to call it did end does end up on the record right because there's this whole thing of demo white is where sometimes and this again is is the funny thing the dirty sounding badly recorded loop in your bedroom you go into the studio it's like the bc boy story of recording paul's boutique where they spent half a million redoing all these tracks and then realized hang on what we were doing in Matt Dyke's bedroom or whatever was much better, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so so for some of that, there's magic in, in in the spark of inspiration. And sometimes if you're going back six months later to revisit that spark of inspiration, it's impossible to capture it again. So yeah, we got together in the studio. We recorded in a place um, in Black Mountain uh, up, up near the border and a great studio, residential studio, which we like to do because there's no distractions, right? There's very little internet. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so we got together and yeah, some of the stuff that we in initially demoed definitely made it on the track. For example, a track like About Time, a lot of that is 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 was the demo then with us, you know, building on top of it and, and so on and so forth. Because uh, you know, demoitis is a thing. You know, if you've been listening yep. to something for six months, it can be very hard sometimes to top that. You know. Mm. Do you know? I often wonder, and I, and I say this with my own kind of musical head on in mind, like. There's always, uh, the one thing I notice as I get older is the amount of musicians who just want to fill things. And yeah. there's a gap there. I need to stick 10 synth lines yeah. and 30 guitars. Yeah. And I think back to the music that I like the most. And it's yeah. often like three things playing. Big time. Do you know what I mean? Totally at, any one, at any one instance. There's yeah. the, the, and, and it's that clarity of intent. Yeah. The but, definition of a real musician for me is when they know not when not to play. Right? Because when yeah. you start out... Right, you start everyone's first band. They st <laughs> all start playing, right? Everyone's yeah, playing yeah, from yeah, one, yeah. two, three, four. Whole band is in, right? And yeah. then the only thing you can do to to make it bigger in the chorus is to jump on a fuzz pedal or something, right? Like one of my favorite bands is uh, Spoon, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Wow, okay, there's this, yeah, excellent. And if you listen to them, it's like a masterclass in minimalist and, and dynamics, like, you know, so the best way, like this is what you learn, I suppose, from making records as well. It's the best way to have a big chorus is to have a smaller verse, right? So, you know, if you want to, if you want, when you when you come in, if you want to say, if you want your part to be big and bold and everything, the best way is to, to, to have space so that when it comes in, it's meaningful, right? Mm. It's a very hard thing to do though. As in, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's something that comes with, I, I don't want to say maturity, but a little bit of kind of intelligence, if you know what and I mean. Experience, I think, yeah. Yeah, you know. For sure. But, right, so how much of that do you get from just playing gigs and playing other people's music perhaps? Well, definitely from playing other people's music, like never underestimate the musical education involved in, in learning a wedding set or playing covers or yep. anything like that, because you're ultimately a student of classic music, right? You know what I mean? And like you listen to some of those great soul records and then you go to play them. And like you said, you realize, hang on, this guitar is only doing chanks on the two and the four, right? But it's perfect. 
right? Because it makes the snare pop. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so you, you realize, I think from listening to music and uh, being a student of music and certainly from playing music and even, like I said, covers it. Uh, yeah, you know, you realize what makes a good record and sometimes less is more, right? Don't get me wrong. Sometimes more is more, right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, if, 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 if more is everything, if, you know, if everything's on 10, there's nowhere to go. That's the ultimate thing, right? And that, that if, 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 if a young band was asking me for advice on, on music, that would be it, right? Dynamics. Like um, the dynamics is everything because dynamics is what what jumps out at you, what grabs your attention. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's one of the most important things in music, and a lot of music nowadays is 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 maximalist, right? So they have ten kicks already in the first four bars, and then they want to build it up for the chorus. So I better put another ten kicks on it. <laughs> you know, it's a law the law of diminishing returns that way. If you look at someone like Rick Rubin, who's one of my favorite producers, he's that's his thing. You listen to a record like. A record I've been loving lately is Wildflowers by Tom Petty. You listen to that record. There's nothing on it. <laughs> oh, okay, right. So I, I, I don't know that record. I obviously I know who Rick Rubin is. I know who Tom Petty yeah. is. So sure. when, when, when was this recorded? 1994, I'd say maybe 1994, 1995. Okay, yeah. okay. So, so, yeah. so it's coming. It's coming after Full Moon Fever. Is this? It's that kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, okay. exactly. Pretty, pretty much after he finished work, Tom Petty finished work with Jeff Lynne. Yeah, right. The next thing was 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 with Ruben, and uh, if you listen to, for example, Full Moon Fever and, and Wildflower and side by side, two amazing records. Uh, Jeff Lynne is a maximalist, right? He'll have five acoustic guitars playing the same thing, you know, much like Phil Spector or whatever. Um, and then you listen to Wildflowers, and uh, there's drums, bass, no guitar in the verse. <laughs> you know what I mean? But everything is so impactful and so powerful, and uh, yeah, and I think he does that. I think that's his number one production method is to take stuff away. You know, the mute button is your best friend when you're mixing. Did Look, we're getting into, I know we're going off the topic of extra notes, but I do think it's interesting to have a kind of a musical conversation with another, sure, with, yeah. with a musician, you know. Did yeah. you see the, uh, like Paul McCartney has been popping up everywhere. I mean, the man is doing a lap of honour around the world, right? Yeah. As well he should, right? So yeah. did you see the three, two, one, Three, two, one, McCartney. Yes, yes, yes. With, with Rick right. Rubin. That's with, right. With Rick and, Rubin. And they're, yeah, they're sold with all the tracks and stuff on the desk. It's amazing. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Would, I recommend mean, that. I mean, what, what what I thought was amazing about that was, uh, so, you know, you think, uh, look, you've been, I've been listening to the Beatles for my entire life. Mm. And you think you know everything about a song that you've heard a million times. But then you say, yeah. okay, let's just pull this out. And let's just listen to this, this bass mm. line isolated or this, this yeah. harmony line or the second harmony line or whatever. And... I mean, the the ear that these guys have is quite astounding, you know, uh, and to yeah. be able to recognise that is is yeah. quite a talent. Yeah, and I think, you know, never underestimate the boot. The Beatles had no musical training, but I think they're proof that there's such a thing as musical intelligence, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sort of people yeah. just have, because like, even if you go back to the mop top stuff, the, the sophistication that was happening purely on an instinctual level. <laughs> like they were going, hey, I need to modulate here. What's my secondary dominant, you know, so I can, uh, what's my pivot chord? You know, they were just like, uh, yeah, and that chord, right? And, you know, that's another thing as well. Sometimes the more you know about music, the more constraints you have because you think, okay, I, I shouldn't use that chord because it doesn't belong in this key. Whereas when you're a young fella and just grab a guitar, you just play it till it sounds good, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, right yeah. then, so, so you, you've invoked Rick Rubin, 
you've mm-hmm. talked about you've talked about New Order. You, you you've talked about yeah. numerous n- numerous musicians and, and producers. So who would be the musical people who influence the Extronaut sound the most? Do you think? Uh, New Order's one. Um, in the studio, we were busting a lot of can, a lot of noise. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, that kind of. Uh, say for me crowd rock stuff right so that that was that was that was uh, some hip hop some hip hop as well um, okay. for example see you know you can listen to different music and okay I listen to a hip hop record I'm not going to start rapping because my new Ross accent probably isn't the best for that right <laughs> oh, no hang offense to anyone who's rapping I'm just saying for me personally it's not my skill <laughs> right and uh, okay. but uh, but anyway you know but I, but we were listening to to, to um, rap records right and we were saying, why? Wow, like, I love the low end. You know what I mean? I'll give you an example, like something like Daft Punk, Lose Yourself to Dance. Put that record on and listen to the low end on that record. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Away. You're like, oof, that low end is so tough. And so can we get that into our music? And we were listening to everything. Billie Eilish, you name it, right? You know what I mean? We were we were listening to everything. And uh, But yeah, that kind of kraut rock thing was just about how relentless can you make a track? The music doesn't really necessarily change. Um, but then the emotion all comes from the vocal, right? And from the bits around it, you know? Yeah. It, it becomes almost like a mantra. You know, exactly. the, kind of the, re- the, the, the repetition and, and it goes around yeah. and around and around and around. Yeah, okay. I get you, it, yeah. It's like dance music, you know, the, the, the beauty of dance music is in, is, is in the repetition, right? You know? So, you know, that's, what, that's something we wanted to harness. And yeah, so we were listening to, to everything. A lot of um, early kind of hip hop, you know, which was more based off of, uh, break beats, you know, break, like old yeah, soul yeah. And funk break. Like if you listen to Devin there, the, the big touch point for me on that one was, uh, Apache, right. You know, the incredible bongo, yeah, version yeah, of yeah, Apache, yeah. which was, which I think was one of the first, you know, breaks, one of the first break beats. I think it's um, the most, it's then, one of the most sampled lines ever, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you know, but then, you know, like, um, Vogler and, and I wrote the Devin air together and, uh, like uh, he 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 originally saw it as like small faces type thing, right? You know okay. what I mean. But then you get Tom, then you get Tom on the bongos, right? You know what I mean. And you start bringing the funk, and uh, you know it, it transforms, you know. And then I'm like, nah, I see it more like this uh, rare beat kind of sixty psychedelic, you know. I wanted to feel like you know we'd found the record and just sampled it, you know. Yeah, but then it's got a big killer uh, keyboard solo in the middle of it as well. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, well, you know, we all like to stretch out, right? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So, like, don't get me wrong. Everyone, I would love more than anyone to throw my foot up on the monitor and, uh, <laughs> and, wail, and wail, 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 wail a guitar solo out of it, right? But um, but that's where, that's where Jags comes in, right? You know, our producer, Jags Schooner. Uh, you know, again, he's like, yeah, no, no, no foot in the monitor. No, it's not Bon Jovi. No, no November rain. You know what I mean? Like, he'll keep you focused on the mission and the mission for us at least with, 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 with these extra notes first recordings was to do something different and to not do what we'd done before as musicians, you know? So it was like, uh, right. Okay. What would you usually do? Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. So how did you, how did you, how did you hook up with him? Uh, you know, Jags literally, um, heard our music, uh, loved it and, uh, wanted to work with us. And, uh, he's been working with us ever since. He's a, he's an absolute gentleman. We get on. I mean, look, if you're going to be stuck in a studio with someone for a week, right, or two weeks or whatever, never underestimate the uh, the importance of getting on and being a good hang, as it were, right? 
And uh, Jags is the best hang. When you're absolutely tired because he's been running you on like 56 takes or whatever, all night or whatever, he will lift the spirits and he will uh, throw on Aphrodite's child or something at absolutely ear-deafening volumes, right? And uh, and, and get, you, get you psyched up and ready to go in and do the best take that you've done all week, even though you've done it a hundred times, right? And so we just have a great, we have a great working relationship. You know, I'll send him ideas. He's a, like, he obviously he comes from the electronic side of things, being in the Savers Paradise with Andrew Weatherhall and all that and working with Primal Scream and people like that. But he's as much a fan of classic songwriting. And he taught me so much about what not to do, what not to put in, about the power of repetition, about the power of simplicity. You know, as he would say, no one cares how nice your hi-hat sounds or how intricate your kick pattern is if your song isn't good, right? So that's what yeah. you focus on. <laughs> you know, like when you're a musician, you're like, ooh, listen to that, you know, really intricate syncopation on the, the snare drum. Isn't it great, you know? Cork sniffer stuff. No one cares about that ultimately, right? You know, a pair of music is in simplicity sometimes as well. I know, yeah. Yeah, I, I get you. I, I hear where you're coming from there with that. Exactly. So I'm talking to Keith O'Neill from the band Extra Nauts. Uh, where you have a gig coming up. Kid coming up in the 16th of March ahead of St. Patrick's Day. Right now, come here, right? Is this the first proper Extronauts gig? Yep. So we've we played, we, we've done some live recording, um, but obviously yes. it was during COVID, so we didn't have the ability to have anyone there. So this is the debut Extronauts gig. March 16th, Theatre Royal. It's backstage, so it's, it's intimate, it's vibey. Uh, I can't wait. I hear that the uh, tickets are selling fast, but there's a couple left. So if people want to go, they better get on it. Um, but it's going to be absolutely whopper. Cool support band. Um, you know, it's going to be a great night. And uh, it's the first gig, personally, that I've played since uh, 2018, I want to say. Uh, the last gig okay. I think I played was in Berlin in 2018 or 2019. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm absolutely itching to go. It's been a long time since I turned the guitar up up loud enough to make my pants like shake. So... And what, what what can we expect from the gig? Well, I mean, it's going to be big, right? Um, it's We're a, a six-piece band, right? So drums, guitar, bass, keyboards, percussion. We're going to have some brass, I think, as well. Um, it's going to be big. It's going to be danceable. It's going to be rocking. Um, we might throw in some old classics. I mean, there's some dead heavy songs that uh, you know are hard to, to let go. So maybe live we might bust them out, right? Um, so, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be absolutely epic. It's going to be danceable it's going to be intense it's going to get spacey and we will put the foot up on the monitor and we will rock a guitar <laughs> solo or two and right like it's going to be all, all, all of those adjectives you've just used but mm-hmm. I, and I hate to say it right I'm not I'm not trying to get a, a response out of this but might it also be a bit emotional for you because will this you know it's it's a lot for a band to we're playing our stuff and we're playing it in front of real people yeah. for the first time listen I'll be honest you know like uh, yeah exactly it's the first time that we're going to get really like that's the thing about playing live right you know I mean if you're in the theatre right you get instant reaction on your performance every night from the crowd right and when you record something you don't get that right so yeah there's nothing like that instant feedback and that energy that happens when you're when you're sharing it with a, a room full of people who are into it right so for me it will be super emotional and I think it will be for most people and I even hope that it'll maybe be a little emotional for some of the people who are coming to see it as well because at least for me this represents a, a reawakening of sorts or a coming back to some sort of normality and so number one it's going to be a big 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 celebration for us 
Mm. I mean, obviously it means something to you because if it didn't, you wouldn't be traveling all the way from Amsterdam back to Waterford to do a gig. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it means the world to me. You know, it's like, uh, I love recording. We all do. We love everything to do with music, recording, you name it. But the best thing that you can do in music in the world is to play in front of people. Um, and also to play with the 500 people in my band who I love. And, and uh, you know, I always say to people that uh, playing in the band is like, uh, it's like a superpower, right? You know, as one person, you can only do so much, but as six people together, we can do so much, right? It's kind of like the X-Men. Exactly, yeah. yeah I mean, like, yeah. you know, would uh, Wolverine be any good in his own? Nah, he's off drinking in some bar or whatever, <laughs> fights, whatever but... But, you know, when he gets in, when he gets in with the with the rest of the crew, he's, he's he achieves something. You know, something more. You know, it's it's like that old cartoon Voltron or something where the robots come. Oh together yeah, 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 yeah. A super robot, an even bigger robot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, what's next then for the astronauts? So, like three singles. So, you said there's a load of stuff in the bag. Is there an album on the way? You know, yeah, we definitely have an album's worth of material. But then one, you have to wonder whether albums. Uh, are the thing to do anymore right you know what i mean so i think ultimately nowadays whether we like it or not we're in the world of content right and people have short attention spans and you know i'd love to release an album because for for us it's an artistic statement and it's this but i think we probably will at some stage but for the next while it's going to be keep your eyes out because it's wall-to-wall singles right so for us the next couple of months is going to be okay getting back on the road doing more gigs that's the big thing We've got a single coming out the 11th of March. We'll probably have another one coming out in uh, in May or June. Um, we've got the next four or five singles lined up, and I might be a little biased, but I think they're pretty pretty deadly. And, uh, yeah, so release more music, play as many gigs as we can play, get the message out there as many people as we can, and, uh, yeah, have a lot of fun doing it. Deadly. So the gig is on the 16th of March. It's a Wednesday night. It's the beginning of the extended St. Patrick's yeah. Festivals. Uh, this year uh, it's the astronauts like first proper gig in front of an audience uh, which would be deadly yeah. I'm look, I'm really looking forward to it uh, yeah. and uh, you know it'll be it, like I, I was down at a gig in the Theatre Royal last week and mm. the vibe in there was wonderful really good yeah. I'm not just saying that because I'm involved in the gig it really was absolutely yeah. smashing and it was yeah, I hate to say it it, it was really a bit emotional you know it was it was good yeah. um no, I can't, I can't wait. And you know what? I'm a little honoured that uh, they decided to put on a four-day weekend for our first gig. So thank you, uh, Michal Martin, for that. You know, we haven't always seen eye to eye, but uh, you know, that means a lot. <laughs> uh, come here, right? If somebody wants to find out more about Extra Notes, where should they go? You can check us out on all the usual social media spots, uh, Extra Notes Music, uh, all one word, Facebook, yeah, whatever, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we're there. Um, but really, if you want to get to know us, come and see us sweating throw the foot up on the monitor in front of you and rock out. Absolutely. Amen to that. Keith O'Neill from the Exynos, thank you so much for talking with me today. We'll see you on the 16th of March. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't, you know when you're saying you're going to play some of the hits, like, does that mean you're going to to do a slowed down version of Wonderwall? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe more like we might do like a 240 BPM uh, Detroit techno version of Wonderwall. That sounds more fun. <laughs> Actually, that's the correct answer. <laughs> Keith, you thank you so right. much. Thanks. Talk to you Thanks, soon, Rob. man. Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor on Beat 102 103.